So I think the the culture of studio kind of stays the same, right? Like you you're constantly learning from people around you. There might be someone that knows more about something than you do, but um, that old open sort of questioning everything and things like that that doesn't change at all. Good morning, and welcome to Sorry I'm in Studio, a podcast delivered to you at the most productive hours of studio, 1 a.m. Sunday night. Hello, and welcome to Sorry I'm in Studio. My name is Sarah Rupani. Hi, I'm Pooja. And we're here with uh, Ami Patel. Uh, Thanks for reaching out to us, and we can't wait to hear more about you. We can start off by you telling us uh, what does your regular work day consist of and where you work and any, everything about that. Yeah, um, so I work um, at a firm called DLR, DLR Group um, here in the Houston office. Um, my regular work day usually consists of collaborating with people, um, whether virtual for, with someone from a different office or um, someone who sits right next to me. Um, and usually that consists of like design charretting or working on construction documents, um, kind of all over the place um, because I really enjoy being a part of a building process from like pre-design to um, when the building's actually being constructed. So anywhere between that um, is where like a typical day would start for me. Wait, that's so cool. You get like the whole experience like of every part of the process. Yeah, so there's been a couple projects that I've been able to see from start to finish, which didn't really happen a lot when I first started out of school. Um, out of out of school, so um, it was kind of important to me to understand holistically what that process was like because they, it was just kind of a personal belief that like witnessing the architecture grow from, um, like from like a client meeting to like seeing it built on site was really important to me. So I kind of wanted to search for a posi- like a role in a firm where that was possible. And um, I wouldn't kind of get stuck into like one specific sector or like one specific phase of the project. Um, so that's um, where kind of my passion really realized, which is almost kind of vague what I feel like now that I'm hearing myself talk, but um, I really like being having the chance to collaborate with people, um, whether if it's like, just shredding some ideas out or if it's going back and forth on a submittal or something so um the idea of practicing design for me relies in this whole process so do you think like that being able to do all the step of the process do you think that varies based on the firm size like is it a small firm which is why you get to experience everything you know maybe that is the case um so dlr group we're around like 1100 1200 people firm and around the world we have offices um but in houston i will say like we're only like about like 14 to 15 people so we're pretty small size here which i kind of like right now previously i i was used to working at firms where like closer to 60 to 80 or even more people so um you're kind of like plugged in and out of projects even at that point too. But um, even with the scale of DLR group, I was still able to like go in and out of projects um, the way that I feel like my experience is building. So um, it, it it kind of varies, right? Like, so if you talk about you, 
to if you if you speak if you speak to like your supervisors and things like that, like hey, like I kind of want this experience, then um, we can tailor for like to that for you too. So um, I think it depends on your communication with who you work with too. So is it is it different now? Actually, I don't know how long you've been working with DLM, but uh, were you working with them before COVID happened? Yeah, yeah, I started working with them um, November of 2018. So I just came up on two years. Um, so yeah. So how is it different from then and now working at home? Well, you know what, like, so there were some aspects of working that kind of haven't changed. But the main thing that I feel like that has changed is being able to collaborate physically with my coworkers. Um, and that's kind of taken a toll of how I even see where my journey and or how my progress of even like in the field has been kind of affected. Um, but for the most part, like DLR group, we've we all have laptops and such. So the idea of working with like no boundaries existed even before COVID. So because of me being able to be mobile and working from practically anywhere, um, that essence of working from home has not changed at all for me it was more so just the location of where i was working changed and making sure that my communication was effective to anyone a part of any team that i've been on so um, just being more mindful of how things are being communicated through email or if it's through like chat or um, how to get ideas across and things like that effectively and efficiently that for sure has um, change the way it worked. Do you have a favorite project that you worked on that like in this firm or your previous firm like just in design? Yeah so I think right my favorite project that I've worked on so far was um, like a pre-k through eight school that we had the um, opportunity to design in the Virgin Islands. So that was a really cool experience just um, sort of being immersed in a into a different environment or to, to design for a different environment, right? Because um, in the Virgin, Virgin Islands, they're really vulnerable to um, natural disasters and things like that. So that particular experience kind of gave me a front seat at what integrated design really looks like, like being able to collaborate with various engineers and making sure um, the sustainable checklist is kind of checked off too, right? Not only for the sake of um, checking a checklist, but like also to prove the longevity of the building. Um, and it was just really fun to see that design progress. Since you did go to UH Coed, did you have a favorite professor there that you still think of today? You know, that's a, that's a funny question because I get to work with my favorite professor that I had in school. Um, so I had Professor Paul Queeton my last uh, year at U of H and um, he through his um, sort of experience with DLR group I was able to work with him too or I, like I got recommended to work for them at the Houston office as well so um, it's, it's been kind of nice to graduate from uh, being critiqued like in a pinup style to now being critiqued side by side so it's been nice. During school you worked with two professors on the project Mobius, which got like a bunch of accolades. Um, and it was super cool. So can you, can you like tell us about that? Yeah, so, well, I, the, the project Mobius actually started after I graduated school. 
And the other partner that we had on that project, um, he actually works for a different firm. So he was not my professor, but that project came out of the Design Make residency from uh, AIA Houston in 2018. So it's a program that you kind of get granted money for and um, you see a project more from like theoretical, really conceptual framework to an actual physical product. And um, that was a six month journey. And uh, Mobius, the idea because of like, it's one sided, one boundary and one curve kind of um, com like complexity of that kind of surface, we challenged it to how can um, form functionality and program affect human behavior. And throughout different repetitions of design and things like that, we landed on it being a sort of lighting installation. And through these like different apertures, you see the light kind of penetrate through one sort of continuous loop. And um, this project was specifically challenged by how do we parametrically generate something this that looks really repetitive, but actually really custom through each aperture. So um, each aperture in this loop is, they're all different sizes, which kind of allows um, three different sort of scales of apertures to be kind of created. And um, each sort of like module is consisted of these three clusters, um, which ultimately makes the whole of uh, 28 different modules. I also remember you say something about being part of the design make residency. Is that the same thing or is that different? Oh, that's the same thing. That's where um, we were able to produce this project. I don't really understand what the, the, what the residency is and how that works. So like, how did you get to that? Or how did you approach it? Yeah, so the AA Houston, they have um, like a young architect forum. And um, within this forum, there's different ways of sort of young professionals to engage in different things like this. Um, there's usually like there were some dinners, there's some like meetups to study and things like that, all about sort of um, investing in emerging professionals and their interests and things like that, because all these smaller things kind of um, I feel like advance the profession in a way to where like you're still being allowed to explore all these different things, but um, you're given the chance to like to just explore something more than what you would have done in school maybe. Um, so this program is under the Young Architect Forum. And what you do is you kind of submit like your ideas and things like that. And um, they choose up to like three residents per year. Um, but it was just so that the year that we applied, we were already a team of three. So we were the only um, like residents chosen for the residency. So like, was it a, like, was it just your friends that you applied with or was it like specific? Oh, no, that was actually through um, Paul Queeton and Hida Takahashi, the other, our other partner. And we submitted as a team of three. Gotcha. And so what are your plans for the future, like regarding design? And what do you plan to achieve in the future? Um, in the future right now, I feel like it's um, kind of up in the air. I'm really adaptable to seeing like how far my interests in things working, like like working in things like the residency or is it through work that I'm 
um, sort of more heavily engaged in. So I would say kind of staying to open to seeing like where projects take me and how that um, encourages me to develop other interests and things like that. Um, one thing that I really want to sort of tackle is being better at letting the, the design process sort of unfold itself. Because right now I'm only like three years out of school, there's a lot of things that um, happen even throughout design that I'm not um, really well on tackling. So it's just a combination of becoming an expert in knowing what goes in and out of design and how it makes it practical, but then how do I also tailor that to my, my personal interests to allow me to really become my own expert? So I have like kind of a random question. It's like, if you could design anything anywhere, like in the middle of the water or in space or anything like on the moon, what would you design just randomly? The first thing that comes to your mind? A spaceship. Definitely a spaceship. Only because I think like now, even with things like SpaceX, I remember this summer just watching those launches and thinking, oh my goodness, like, like this, it's it's come so far. And especially even in the interior of the spaceship and looking like something out of like, like what a car looks like. I think that's really cool. Um, and it, and something like spaceship is also like designed for so many different types of environments, right? Like, it's first something like, like kind of like an airplane, but then it lands somewhere. So then how do you allow human life to sort of still continue on um, an object like that? So that's why I think I would design a spaceship first. So I think you said um, you started architecture during a summer studio. So I was wondering if you did uh, like another major before that or like, why did you do the summer studio? Oh, so, um, Actually, the first time I applied to architecture school, I didn't get in. So what I did was um, I took all the basic classes for a year. And um, I knew the summer studio through a couple of friends who were already in there. So um, because of them, I was able to see how that process goes. Essentially, applied to the summer studio thinking like, okay, like I used one year already to get basics done. How can I sort of catch up? to make sure that I graduated in five years. Um, and when really in essence, it, it doesn't really matter if that happened or not, but like um, th that's how I got into the summer studio was making sure that I was able to stay on track with graduation and things like that. Um, but it was a really rigorous experience. I feel like I'm still scarred from it <laughs> even after all these years, but um, I got to meet some really great people throughout that summer studio. So I'm really thankful that I got accepted into that program. Yeah, I definitely heard the summer studio was super intense. So girl, you did that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So how did you, I guess, initially decide you wanted to be in architecture? Oh man. Um, so I grew up with having like interests in like everything. Um, I really liked history, science, um, English and things like that. So like all around, I feel like it, I was kind of like an all-rounded student even throughout high school, um, but I really enjoyed art class. But then I knew that like, I didn't want to become an artist. Um, so 
throughout like kind of researching what architects do and things like that. Um, I even when I applied to architect school, I don't think I really knew what I was getting myself into. Like, I don't think anyone does. Um, so I just knew that I like to build things and I like to physically see them created. Um, so just allowing like ideas to go through a process and then you kind of step back and see like, oh, well, if, what if I did it this way? Like, how does, how would it look like? And um, that part really just attracted me the most. Um, but I feel like I really wanted to become an architect even like when probably I would when I first started summer studio like even though I was like <laughs> struggling just to like stay awake but I think it presented itself to me um and then like what I liked most was you engage with architecture not even by like being in a building sometimes right like you read it you understand it you see photos and you feel like you're experiencing architecture so it's almost like how it became a verb to me that's um, kind of like why I chased the idea of becoming an architect. Yeah, I kind of relate to that because I, I guess I was probably into a lot of things too. I didn't know what I wanted to do until I applied for college and I was like, oh, I have to pick a major. And I'd been art for, yeah. I'd been in art for four years in high school. So I was like, I don't want to be an artist, but I could do something practical with this because I'm into it. So yeah, that's really. Yeah. And then, like, and even with architecture, there's such a discipline behind it, too, right? Like, every, um, you know, wall that's designed or whatever, like, there's always a reason to it. And um, we're constantly fact-checking ourselves, right? Like, we're collaborating with structural engineers, electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, and things like that. So um, the combination of disciplines is also really fun, too, because you learn from them and then they learn from you, but then there's like always a common goal which, between everyone. So um, that's the fun part of it, I guess. Sometimes, not all the time, but. <laughs> now that she's graduated, any of you have a work experience as well. How is college different from the professional world? How did studio change? You know what, studio, studio changed because studio just got more serious, I would say. Like there's not really, Sometimes, some days there, there, it doesn't feel like there's a difference at all, but then other days you're like, oh, okay, like I can go home and go to sleep. <laughs> and when in studio, you're kind of thinking about it all day. Um, so I think the, the culture of studio kind of stays the same, right? Like you, you're constantly learning from people around you. There might be someone that knows more about something than you do, but um, that op opens or questioning everything and things like that, that's doesn't change at all. Um, but one thing that did change, I feel like, is knowing how an office operates because there's there's a certain system you follow, right? Like we we, we like in studio we might name files like something really crazy, but then you know in a regular office something that's not something you would ever do. But um, there's more discipline to the fact of working in an office than than in studio. But I think how you let ideas evolve and um, the, the creative process is still there. I guess I've been told, and I assume it is true, that you get to be, um, I guess you have more freedom while you're in school doing architecture. Um, so 
I guess you don't get as much freedom because it's a little more realistic in the professional world. So do you ever miss the freedom, maybe? Oh yeah, definitely. Now, when we work with like certain constraints and things like that, and one thing being like budget, right? Like in studios, we don't we don't really work towards a budget in most projects. So um, that's one thing that I feel like I would miss. And then um, in studio projects, like sky's the limit, you know, like as long as you have a good reason for things and things are, you know, looking like like a project, then you're, you're pretty good. So I think allowing your imagination to flow and just like question every single thing in studio is really important. Um, and that's what I feel like I miss the most, right? Like kind of letting your graphics go exactly where the project wants to be and things like that. And you being like your own kind of creative director and, and you're the only designer and no one can question you, right? That's the, that's the fun part of studio. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I'd just be putting like double pane glass everywhere, but in the real world, I'm sure that's so <laughs> yeah. expensive. Carton wall everywhere, please. <laughs> Or anything you want to tell like freshmen that have not have an in-person studio anything you want to just tell anybody any of the students yeah i would say um get to know your classmates i know like with working virtually it's probably really hard right now given that you can't like give a handshake or just kind of walk over to someone's desk and see how their idea is progressing and things like that but the relationships you'll make in school right now will serve you well throughout your entire time in school and also beyond school when, even while you're working. Um, so I would definitely say creating relationships is very crucial and not even just by, you know, peers, but also with your professors too. And they can lead you literally in any direction, right? It's just a matter of how how you take those relationships too. So I would definitely suggest getting to know your peers, your professors, and um, letting the process meet what it wants to be, um, instead of kind of thinking like, oh, I gotta do this and then it'll lead me here. And like, you know, then I'll get to where I'm at. But really there's a lot of ups and downs I feel like you have to go through and that might be just the nature of what architecture school does to you but um I think there's things to learn in every single um phase you go through in architecture school whether if it's like going through foundation or going to intermediate and reaching to your 5500 classes do you have a favorite studio memory if you can remember studio or if it was just a big blur <laughs> Yeah, so I think this happened like in in my summer studio. I, you know, I so I cut my hand, like I think like a night before the, this incident happened. So I, I cut my finger with an exacto blade, which is like what everyone does, right? When they first start making models. And then a tip of the blade somehow was still stuck in my finger. And um, I didn't realize it until like, a day later when it was kind of poking me still. And um, the tip of the blade was so small that like even my eye, I couldn't see it at all. And I'm like pushing it like out of my finger. 
And at that time, I had Professor Cord Bowen. And um, coincidentally, he had experience in like working in like ambulances and stuff. And so I like he had to pick it out of my finger. And that's how that piece of blade was removed, which is kind of bizarre. But I don't, I don't think I would ever think one of my professors taking a piece of blade out of my finger. But I think that's one of my most memorable memories. I just love how random it is. Like yeah. he just happens yeah. to know. But it's just like one of those weird things that happens to a freshman, right? Like for some reason you have to go through stuff like that. Well, it was great having you. Thank you for joining us and reaching out. We had a lot of fun talking to you and getting to know you more. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Bye, Ami. Bye, Sarah. Thank you for listening to Sorry I'm in Studio, a podcast produced and presented by the Kleistenese chapter of APX. If you're interested in joining us, check us out on Instagram at APX underscore Kleistenese. And follow us at Sorry I'm in Studio on Instagram for the latest graphics and episode trailers. <laughs>